Thanks for joining us again. Welcome back to the Talking Leadership TV Best Practice Network podcast series. Today we head back to co-hosted podcasts and I'm looking forward to sharing the discussion I had with my co-host Kevin Bennett and our guest Clint Strawn regarding accountability and leadership. Thank you for joining us. Kevin is the Queensland and New South Wales facilitator for the Best Practice Network. They have members across Australia, New Zealand and Vietnam. Their mantra is inspire to challenge, support to succeed. The Best Practice Network facilitates a range of activities, events and online forums to connect like-minded organisations to fast-track their performance through shared learning, expertise, experience and resources. Improving the knowledge of best practice and developing leadership capabilities at the core of everything the network provides for its members. Kevin has held operational leadership roles across many sectors and industries. He's got a passion for continuous improvement and lifelong learning with a focus on developing capabilities of the many teams he's worked with. Our guest today is Clint Strawn. Clint spent the first 10 years of his career at university studying the hard sciences including biology, chemistry and maths and then moved to the softer science of psychology. It was the study of people and business that Clint found fascinating and he could see the potential to really help people and businesses to do better. For the last 10 years, he's worked in senior leadership roles and as a consultant with the aim always being to learn, experiment, help businesses and the people within them to grow and to perform at their best. When he's not working, you'll find him spending his time with his family, providing free labour on the family cattle property, surfing, fishing and enjoying the outdoors of the Sunshine Coast. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. I know you'll enjoy it, but enough from me. I'll hand over to Kevin and our guest, Clint Strong. Hello and welcome back to this uh, Talking Leadership Best Practice Network podcast series. Looking forward to a, a great topic today. So my name is Kevin. Um, I'm part of the Best Practice Network in New South Wales and Queensland and we cover the whole of New Zealand and Australia. So looking forward to this series. I know it's proved very popular with our members. I'd like to introduce Clint. Clint, good morning. How are you? Mate, living the dream, Kevin. Thank you. Fantastic. So Clint's joining us today and we're going to we're talk, going to talk about this leadership thing called accountability. And I know, Eric, uh, how are you? I'm good, Kevin. How are you? How are you, Clint? Yeah. Living the dream, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this this leadership topic of accountability. So uh, Clint and I managed to, to catch up the other day. So Clint, do you just want to quickly just let, give people a, a brief update just on uh, uh, where you are today and uh, why, why, why you think this is such a key topic for us? Yep, yep, for sure, Kevin. Thanks. Um, so well, I'm coming to you from the very sunny, beautiful Sunshine Coast today. Um, um, and look, the, the topic of accountability is one that I've been sort of almost banging on about for about 10 years. So very dear to my heart. It's one of those topics around leadership that I just think doesn't get enough airtime. So I just I love talking about it. And it, it um, my background is organisational psychology. So I suppose I approach it from that angle right so let, let's just let's just start to get the discussion going so i'm also interested eric uh, how many podcasts are you up to now mate uh over 220 and the bulk of them were the audio podcasts and now that i've switched to video it's it's up the game a little bit and look if i'm being honest i, I always uh, aim for the podcast to be about the guest so with the video version having you guys up on the screen screen sort of hits what i want to do so I want to I want people to learn from the guests rather than me waxing lyrical about what I think uh leadership is because it's an argument you're never going to win and I'm I'm not geared that way so uh yeah over 220 mate and I'm hoping to hit around 260 maybe 270 by the end of this year 
Yeah, fantastic. And we're, we're, we're obviously looking forward to being part of that 260 and, and onwards, onwards and upwards. Yeah, well, you, you guys have contributed a good chunk of that. So very appreciative, mate. That's all right. So, all right, accountability, Clint. Let, let's just get some get some feeling around this because it's it does come across as one of these about, yeah, it's easy to say, but obviously you understand how we got to follow that follow that through over time. So give us, in, in, in your view, and then we're, we're bounce that around, if someone say, Clint, I, I don't, I don't understand what this accountability thing is. I'm a leader in a business. How, how would you, how would you just summarize it for us? Well, well, there's a bit to it, Kevin, but I'll, I'll maybe start with. Um, there's two main reactions people have when you say the word accountability. One is, you know, uh oh, where's this going? You know, that that whole blame and punishment thing. And then the other, you know, you get people leaning forwards going, yeah, 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 this is a thing, you know, help me understand it more. Um, and, and that's probably why I like the topic because it's a little more edgy. Um, and when someone asks me about it, I, I make the point very first up. It's like, when we're not talking about blame and punishment because that's not useful, that's not constructive. I think about accountability as sort of a a, a mature a mature concept. So it's about setting really clear expectations with people. It's about providing feedback. And the bit that makes people uncomfortable is the follow through on consequences. It's, it's you need all of those three things um, for accountability to work. And just another question, is that only downwards? So in an organization, is that just me going, I'm the leader, I'm, I want you to do this. You're not doing it very well, or you are doing it very well. Um, and, and here's the next thing. So is it just a one-way thing, this accountability? Oh, look, it's nothing's ever one way in leadership. But I think um, the the approach changes depending on your audience, right? So if, if you're a leader and, you know, we're talking about setting expectations, you'd logically assume that's going downwards, but you can absolute set, absolutely set expectations, which are essentially boundaries, you know, upwards or sideways as well. That's an interesting one, I think, because you've um, that, the sidewards as well, because sidewards suddenly means I, I and invariably in an organization, I don't have I don't have this um, this structure, this authority sidewards to set expectations, give that give this feedback. So is that is that an area that you find is a bit of a gap in people's understanding as well? Is I, I can get the vertical up yeah. and down. Yeah. Um, what about the sideways? Well, I think it comes, you know, you, the key went word you mentioned there is you know formal authority and i talk a lot about that with leaders because often leaders almost rely on that formal authority to justify doing some of that stuff and the discussion i normally have is you don't need formal authority to build relationships to set boundaries you know to talk to people and give them feedback at all um, and the, the really good leaders i think really understand that and, and that helps them navigate and create you know stronger relationships with people yeah so so i'm interested now because obviously accountability has been around for a while like a lot of these leadership terms and phrases um do, do you feel it, it's it's more it matters more now at the moment is there something that's triggering this i mean uh you know eric and i we, we've done a number of these and accountability comes up and resilience comes up and everything else but the accountability one, I think I may have mentioned to you when, when we met, um, it, it's one of those words that just seemed to have popped up recently, you know, just in terms of conversation. So um, why, why, do, why do you think that is? And why does it seem to matter? Why, why are we talking about it today? 
Yeah, I, I suppose there's two parts to that. I don't. I think it's one of those perennial issues. It never goes away. It's always there. Um, so I got interested in it, you know, 15 years ago. So that was the topic of my PhD. And it was really interesting because, you know, you go and, and start to read and look around and it was mentioned everywhere. So, you know, global companies, you know, BHP, Coca-Cola, Starbucks, all these big companies, they'll, they'll have it as a company value. Um, but then when, when I started to go a bit deeper and look into, well, okay, great, it seems important. What, what research is there? And there was not much. There was not much. So I think it's, it's definitely like it's a word that gets thrown around a lot. I think there's an intuitive understanding that it's important. There's not a lot of clarity around what it means and then, you know, what does it mean in practice as well for, for leaders and for businesses? But then I think um, probably more recently, I think it's coming up more and more because of, you know, the economic climate, basically. I think talent shortages, you know, businesses are trying to do lots and they're struggling for talent. And and I think they're thinking about, well, how do we get the most out of the resources that we've got? And in that sort of environment, you know, things like accountability start to, you know, rise up again. That's it. And again, I think you're prompting some thoughts here, which is why we love doing these, Eric. So I think that... The, I think where we can struggle sometimes accountability can be this negative control thing. Yeah. Is I want, I, it's a way of managing. Yeah. I'm holding you. I'm holding you accountable, Eric, <clears throat> to get to 300 by December. <clears throat> you know, if you don't, and I'm going to tell you off and, you know, consequences and everything else. So when you were doing your, 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 your PhD and congratulations on doing that, I, I feel left out now because I haven't done one um, is, how, how do we how do we now use it to drive improvement and <clears throat> drive performance or drive personal and, and business improvement so because i think that's a there's something we've got to draw out here is about this can actually be a really positive tool if done in the right way yeah 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 so look, I, I tend to think about it in two ways and most of my work is with leaders so you know working with with individuals or teams teams of leaders around this topic and for them it's it i go back to that sort of simple framework around how do you set expectations with people and they, there's a bit to that right and you know that's not always crystal clear and the skills that leaders need to be able to do that i always talk to them about feedback and how you provide feedback and you know there, there's lots of models and frameworks for how to have those conversations but it's you know critical that they happen and then the consequences part. I always talk about, you know, a hierarchy of consequences and, you know, how do you manage your own emotions and approach to that stuff so that, you know, it doesn't get away from you. And, and so it's a lot of work with leaders around how do you do all that effectively as a leader, as an individual. And then the other side is, you know, when you're talking to more senior teams, particularly it's like they're, they're thinking less about just themselves and their own approach they're thinking about the business how do we you know build this stuff in and integrate it you know scale it so that so that it makes a real impact um and then you start getting into um yeah first of all what are the expectations you set with your leaders and the business and the culture around you know performance and feedback and all these things um but it inevitably also goes to things like what's your performance management system do you have one does it is it doing what you want it to do um, and 
same with performance management and consequences, you know, that end of things. Do you have a formal approach that you want people to understand and to follow? And do you have some of those fundamentals in place? So there's the, there's kind of the two parts. There's the individual leader and how they how they approach it, and how mature they are, and then what are the business you know, setups and structures that also support a culture of accountability. I have yeah. um, some observations to share if I can, um, Kevin and Clint. Now, um, in terms of accountability frameworks, and I'm, I'm fascinated to maybe get at your PhD um, to read what what you wrote and what people were saying, but. One thing around the structure of accountability, I see that uh, waxing and waning when it comes to board and board structures because there are um, governance principle sets about how um, boards do their job and advisory boards are another subset of that that provide some frameworks within the business at a, at a meta, that, that, that strategic level. But within the business, everything you're talking about, I can't disagree. One one thing that I found interesting, and, and I met Jonathan Mamerell through... Kevin and through the network about what are your frameworks in the business to deal with legal matters, employment matters, and what are those accountability frameworks? Because the the one thing that is interesting to me as a student of, of human beings, not just leadership, is you can set every accountability framework you want, but if people don't buy in or they don't give a crap about the framework, they're not going to engage. So the idea that there's a consequence for not doing that, I think goes above beyond I think goes far above and beyond command and control. And we're really looking at how do you set expectations for normal human behavior in the workplace that is uh, specific to that workplace and also ticks off on all of these regulatory issues that you've got to be thinking about in your environment. I hate to go there, Clint, but I think there's, there's, um, there's some very big gray areas here that people skirt in and out of. And if you have no framework for how to deal with what, accountability mechanisms look like in your business and or you don't enforce them then you end up um, stepping in big piles of you know what as you go along when you're trying to run your business is that is that fair comment mate yeah look i it is it is 100 percent fair and i look to be honest i i don't i don't love getting into that space around formal mechanisms because in in my head it's that's mostly compliant stuff um yeah you've got to have it does it drive like high performance no uh, it, it, you've got to have it it's it's like supporting stuff and that's that's why i just i just you know i, I naturally gravitate way to more more towards working with leaders because i think that's that's your lever right if if you can't get your leaders you know having the conversations and doing the um you know the soft skill stuff it doesn't matter how many compliance frameworks you've got <laughs> mechanisms you've got yeah don't don't get me wrong i don't mean one is more important than the other i think the yeah. two live yeah. in in a, a state of um dissonance because they, mm. they exist and no i wouldn't want to be around leaders that just work around the frameworks and do this or consequence but there's a reality to, to how businesses operate and um where there's breaches of what an accountability is whether it's formal or informal you still have to recognize that they're important. And I can I can bet, uh, and I think I would win this, that each of us and those that are watching this have met people that skirt the line or break the rules and don't give a flying, you know, they don't care because they don't think there's going to be a consequence where I think what you're talking about, and I'm, I'm in solid agreement here, is 
we create a, uh, an environment where people are allowed to talk, have difficult conversations, make mistakes and yeah. learn from those things. That's where I think you're playing. And it's, it's both interest me because they intersect yeah. at some points and I get why you're not interested in the more formal stuff. So sorry, Kevin, over to you, mate. No, I, well, I think it's, again, this is a good good opportunity for me to take some thought, but I think this is why I really want to go back to the, that there is this point about if if someone acted unsafely, you know, in work, you'd pick them up, yeah, and you'd be having a chat with them to say, hang on a minute, you know, you and there can be the very hard, you should have been wearing your PPE or you should have been doing this, and you can talk about the consequences, and I think that's where a lot of leaders feel safe, yeah, because it's a tangible thing. I can pull out a document, I can pull out a procedure and, and, and I know to deal with it. So, and then, and then you say to people, so, okay, why did you do that? And they go, well, it's obvious because if I don't go and talk to them and pick well, if I don't go and pick them up this unsafe, we could have an accident, which could impact the business. So there's a very logical to, I want to go and hold them for that. And, and they, and they can also very quickly go into the fact they go, yeah, but I don't want them to be hurt either because there's consequences, worth consequences for them. So, so when you talk to a lot of leaders and managers, and again, we've, we've had a big chat about what leadership is and what management is. It's very easy to do this accountability in the management phase, the management of, yeah, I'm holding you accountable to deliver a job, you know, or I'm, I'm managing you or that control into being safe at work. So when you talk to managers and leaders like that, they go, it's obvious, of course I do it. And then you go, so why didn't you do it over here then? And there's almost this, ah, you know, because I'm a now I'm now out of my comfort zone here because I haven't got a document, I haven't got a a stick, I haven't I haven't got a that. So and that's the bit I think we need to explore here because they say, look, we do this naturally in a lot of cases, you know. Um, and what why do we struggle? And I said, no, so why do we struggle to then do it when we want to just get people to get better and get people to, to do things better? Now I see you smiling there, Clint. So I'm going to hand oh, back man. to you there. <laughs> I've had some good thoughts. That's what you're talking about. <laughs> Um, I, I think there's a few things going on. Um, I think in the example you gave around safety, we've done a lot of training. You know, the world has matured a lot in that space. And it's like a pretty clear point A to point B. Like the steps are pretty easy to follow. Everything's pretty clear. I think, um, you know, you talk about that difference between management and leadership. I think managers will approach the accountability stuff. Again, like you said, it's like, oh, there's something that needs addressing. I'll address it you know, here's a consequence or an outcome or whatever, but they'll approach it the A to B way. I think leaders go into that stuff with the assumption that they don't know everything. Yes, they can recognise something, but they go in with more curiosity rather than, you know, X, Y, Z, you know, that, you know, I've told you you've done something wrong. I've pulled you up on it. There we go. You know, done. I think I think leaders just, just approach it differently. It's a different mindset. So curiosity um, and probably a more positive focus. You know, I think the really good leaders are always looking for how do I help this person grow or get better or, you know, and help the team and help the business, you know, they're balancing all those competing priorities. So I think it's, there's a shift there. And, you know, I kind of always go back to that, you know, the association of accountability with blame and punishment is, is not useful. It's just mm. not the way to do it. It's about letting people know where they stand, giving them the feedback they need and delivered in the way that, you know, you got to understand the individual a bit, right? Yeah. How, to, how, to, how to interact with them. 
but there's absolutely got to be some clear boundaries, you know. Would would there be um, a different outcome, Clint? And I'll, I'll put this to my co-host here, Kevin, as well, because you've, you've both been around the world of work as long and some of you longer than me are dealing with, with other human beings is looking at the, the that delineation between those that we identify in the business as leaders and those that we identify in the management role because they're more operationally focused. Do you think we would have a different organizational culture climate if we started looking at our managers as leaders that have an operational focus that um, when you label someone in the management sphere that immediately they don't do the functions of the leaders above them in in that have more strategic role within the business so I'm what I'm starting to hear from conversations and where, where my thinking has been challenged on this is you look at your middle level and upper level management, they're all leaders. They're just um, focusing on different aspects of the leadership function. So some will do more operational and some will do more strategic. And I think we would have very different conversations around accountability if that if that mind shift was there. And I'm, I'm not for a second thinking that that's the same across all organizations. But if I'm hearing you right, and I'm hearing Kevin right, I think this is a perspectives and and um, scene setting thing and and uh, creating relationships in the business rather than reliant being reliant just on um, where you sit on the totem pole. Yeah, I think the level of of business that that goes through. I think, and again, we've come from discussion that we've. I think as you go up through the hierarchy, you know, you've got this operational role that you need to you deal with. That's very clear, and it's usually quite well set out. So I think the low, yeah, I've just got to do this by this. You know, I've got to do this by this. I've, you've got your KPIs, you've got your boards. You know, you you've got your metrics, you've got your processes. As 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 that comes up, you know, it gets a little bit more fuzzy. Not quite. It becomes a little bit more. You know deliver deliver the day and everything else and i think this is where people begin to struggle yeah because and then and, and we've always talked about this you know a good manager you know and we said this before a good manager will not become a good leader because they were a good manager yeah because it's about there's a but you've got to be able to transition or be able to see an opportunity where you've got to step into that space if you're working with teams and go can i just give you some feedback clint you know you're, you're great here and and have you thought about this, you know, and, and maybe we, 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 we've got to do that, but it's definitely one of those, you know, this corporate things is when you're going on that leadership management journey, it's the very hard stuff, be safe, be legal, you know, and, and, and they train you around that. Yeah. And that's where you become comfortable. Once you start to go out of that, then that's where you become more uncomfortable. Um, and and I think this is this is what and I'm going to come to Clinton in a minute. Is how do we start to do this now? You know what what's uh, what's the framework and, and and everything else? And you know I think it's a big challenge at the minute because the way the business climate is at the minute, and we've you know we've we've talked a lot about where we come from. It's very dynamic at the minute. You know things are coming at us as, as quick as as anything else, and we've also got this one eye on what's next. You know. If I get up in the morning, do I really want to turn on the news? Because I don't know what's going to hit me and how it's going to impact me. And our ability, I think, to use this process to improve as well and have good conversations, I think, is is what's maybe lacking in a lot of businesses at the minute because I, I can't go that this is what nine till five looks like. Um, and I think it, it's that ability to have those conversations. So I think this is why this is a very interesting one at, at, at the moment. Clint, any your views? 
Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think this is where you guys are going. You're talking about, which in my mind is one of the fundamental challenges of businesses these days. How do we grow our leaders? That, that That's where we go. How do we get them, you know, to grow and mature and take a bigger view and, and operate in a world that's more complex than it's ever been? And um, I don't, I've got some views about it. And I, I think, firstly, it's it, it's hard. If it was easy, you know, Yep. we'd all be doing it um and it happens um you know for each individual a bit differently uh but there's probably some common components i reckon to helping leaders grow one is they don't know what they don't know so i i think in order to grow you need to take some things that were probably unconscious and make them conscious and that happens through feedback you know if a leader just hasn't had the feedback themselves how do they know what to where to grow and what to work on? Um, and I've, I've done a lot of reading about sort of adult development and change, Carl Jung stuff and the process of individuation the last few years because I'm really interested in in the process. How you know how do people grow and change and you know um, move away from you know established patterns and thoughts that they've kind of built up that they think serve them but probably don't if they want to grow and you know, do more and you know, have the conversations and deal with more complexity and all of those things. And that's, 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 you know, we're getting into tricky technical stuff there. I don't, it's not easy. Um, I think most businesses tackle it with leadership programs and that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, that's good. I, I think there's got to be some sort of scalable approach to it. But like I said, I think it's got to be based on, you know, some self, you know, some feedback, some self-assessment at the start to help people identify what are, what are your gaps? You know, what do you need to, to work on? Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm going to come back to the point about I can, you can see that downwards. There's still this mm. upward management that, that needs to happen because I think there's part of this is, um, you know, we, we, we don't want the, the, the nodding donkey, you know, the smiling face, yeah, yeah, boss, yeah, boss, and walk away. You know, there, there's got to be this, this this um and i think we'll get to it this culture we've got to build where it's okay for me to go for me to go back up to eric and say i know you said that but it's not clear or is it the right thing to do yeah or the way it came across was you know that oh and if we do that eric we, there's consequences here that you know for, for for the business and that's why i think we we need to explore a little bit about this this whole upwards and backwards it's just got to be a two-way process um, because otherwise, how do you know that? How does Eric know that I've really understood everything if I'm not feeding back what I'm feeling and what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing? You know, otherwise, he thinks one thing. He thinks I'm off to do go and make grey sweets, you know, and I'm off to make yellow sweets because I thought that's what he said. So I think it's it's it's, it's an important part, and it's this, and it can be quite iterative. And I think this is again why it can be a bit why people struggle with it because it might not. It's not the clear do A, B, C. It could be, well, I've seen this or have you thought about this? And it may take a couple of iterations before we get to it. Mm. And and that's where I think a lot of leaders are do not, they're either do it instinctively. So this are they leaders born or made? I think there's a lot of people who can do this naturally because it's their styles. Um, but I think there's still a lot of leaders who say, well, you know, because this, when you start to talk through these things, it may not always be clear and you may have to have two-way feedback. That's where we start to struggle with it. That's where we start to, to 
and it's how how do we grow the leaders as you say that okay this is part this is part of the leadership process you know it's part of building you as well as it's 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 building your team so so is there a and again within um is there a frame is there something that you could just some very quick um process or framework clint you could just talk us through without you know do just to generally what's because people are listening and watching here um and i'm sure that we're, we're, we're making some notes but if i'm sitting here go right i, I want to go and try something after this this podcast you know is there just some quick tips or process framework you can take um, us through again i hope i don't go too long with this but i, I thought of two two ways to think about that that question there kevin and as you were talking about you know a leader sitting there and you know being able to sort of influence and build relationships down as well as up i start thinking well what does that person need to be like to be able to do that effectively and what they need is they need to be have a mature sense of self because the reason they're struggling with it is their own anxiety that that's what it is it's like mm. i'm uncomfortable having that conversation up or sideways or down or whatever it is but that that's their own anxiety which is really normal because human beings are social animals we're hardwired to want to belong that's built into us because if you didn't you know a thousand years ago if you didn't belong you're out you were dead you know so it's pretty mm. it's pretty important we're hardwired to belong and to fit into sort of hierarchies and structures that's just kind of the way it is but not everyone operates like that a fair chunk of the adult population that that's their like driver of behavior and belief is the need to belong there's a, there's there's a chunk you know a decent chunk of the adult population that can develop that more independent sense of self um i call it sort of like the self-determined style of thinking or self-determined mind and it's someone's ability to take an independent position and not be so caught up with what everyone thinks um and then, you know, the very, very, very good leaders can even step back a little further than that and not be so attached to their own identity as well. You know, that we talk about, you know, the kind of the wise strategic leader. Um, and how do you get people to shift the practical stuff? I think you start with, like I said sort of earlier, you got to look at what are your, your own beliefs? What's holding you back? What are your fears? If I have this conversation, what might happen? You know, oh, they'll, they won't like me. Oh, you know, if I'm going down, they'll quit. You know, whatever those fears are, write them down and then challenge them. Do a little experiment. You know, do something a little different to push your boundary a bit and go, well, actually, is that fear true? If I have that conversation with my boss, it's a bit uncomfortable for me. Is he now not going to like me and not promote me or whatever the thing is? Eh, probably not. Probably if you have the conversation, he'll go, oh, geez, that was good, you know, and has a bit more respect for you. <laughs> That's probably the outcome. But I think it's each person's different, right? But it's always looking for what's that little way I can challenge myself a bit, push myself a bit further, you know, and, and explore some of those, you know, those natural and very normal fears and anxieties that I've got. Yeah, no, I, I, and... I think it's an interesting one. So then we go into that, the role of the leader coaching and mentoring as mm. well. That that leads into the, just not what I've got to do now, but there's also how do I build my team as well? This process to say, this is how I'm coaching you to 
you know, to take on more things or, or delivering what you do or ultimately be part of the part of the succession plan. So I think, yeah, I think we've got to be clear that it it's it's part of this process, which is about building our own personal capability, because the more we do this, the better leader we become. But it's also a great way to build your people and your teams as well, because uh, the level of understanding, being able to have the, the, the hard conversations sometimes um and 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 that 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 culture um of of being able to to do this in a fairly open and honest open and honest way because you know we can get feedback but is it any good no you know it's just a, a it's a, you know do we do we really talk about the consequence and i'll go back to the safety element you know it is a little bit easier to say well yeah you know the consequences are we have an accident at work but let's understand the consequences of what that accident would mean for you back at your home you know or would it impact the business longer term and just being able to to have those those type of conversations so it's you know i think we can we want to go i want to read the book that says this is how i do accountability yeah and it goes bang 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 we they just we know that doesn't happen um but it, it's i think as you said it's it's almost we've got to do it as a as a process a learning process improvement process and okay the fact it may not go the way you thought it it is a good thing because it means you've got to learn and, and understand mm. and um so it's, it's again I'm more thinking about the accountability it can be this improvement tool on a, on a whole different level as well. Just not that controlling accountability, but I, I see it in my mind, I'm listening to it as a development or an improvement skill as well. Is that yeah. something that you've seen? Yeah, I, that's yeah exactly the way I think about it. It's, it's, um, yeah, you, you went over a bit there, Kevin, and I was sort of thinking, Two things it was one that i think where we we're going was you know as leaders we're going to be working on ourselves because as we do that we learn more that then we better equipped we better able to to coach and mentor others for sure i i love the phrase you said about you know let, let's create this culture because again it can't just be a one person thing here we've all got to start doing it and holding each other accountable so um it, i know you said about you know we we need to start having our own little thoughts okay I'm about to have this conversation. What what could it mean? Um, and there's a lot of talk around that leader standard work about getting into habits and routines. You know yeah. about, about that type of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. have you got any 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 little tips or things about just I, I want to make start tomorrow? You know, um, is what's what sort of routines habits do I have to get into? Um, and and does it have to? I suppose my other comment is what's the mixture between formal and informal here as well because some of it can be quite structured and planned yeah. but i would imagine there'd be this informal off-the-cuff stuff so yeah, i haven't yeah. had the time to think about it i've got to deal with it now you know i think you're 100 right there kevin there's got to be a mix um i think the mix is different for different people different leaders different contexts but there's definitely got to be both um when i'm talking to leaders uh, we always cover what are your habits and routines around talking to your people, when and how do you communicate expectations, and that can be for individuals and teams. So, you know, for example, uh, when I was in a senior leadership role, once a month we did a, 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 a retrospective, you know, what's working, what's not, what's been happening, and what are we going to do going forwards, and that was resetting expectations every month. Um, I would. 
Uh, I would do one-on-one catch-ups with my people and it would depend. The frequency would depend on how long I'd worked with them and how they were going. But I would always do more at the start. So if I'd just hired someone new, you know, I'd do like day one, week one, month one, then probably month three, month six for formal check-ins. Mm-hmm. You know, in the calendar, this is a formal forum to talk about you know, how you're going. Um, but then there's got to be the on-the-fly stuff. Absolutely. You know, uh, on my table. Um, and that stuff can be really powerful, you know, more powerful than the formal stuff sometimes. And to do that, you got to have, you got to spend some time with people. That's that's kind of the critical part. Uh, when I was in um, uh, sort of open plan office space, at one point I got moved away from my team and I just made a point that once a week I'd go and sit with them just to see how they were going and, you know, yeah, not look over their shoulder, but I was able to give them feedback on the fly. And that stuff's absolutely important. Um, and for leaders, I always say, look, there's there's probably, if I asked you right now, there's probably a couple of conversations you haven't had that you know you need to. There just will be. Go and have them. Do it today. Do it tomorrow. Just do it. Challenge yourself. Push yourself a bit. Don't wait around. Just go do it. Or else little things small, you know, snowball and the big things. Yeah, and I think you're right. And I think this is where it's about building that that confidence and that um, fitness. And we've heard this terminology is about, you know, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. The, the more the more you realize it's not going to end the world you know um and and the more you get the feedback i'm glad we've had that conversation you know i've been meaning to say something or i'm glad someone's listened to me you know that type of thing and i think again you know we we covered off this this psychological and psychosocial safety and all this this type of thing is about you know we are in a climate at the minute where there's a lot going on for a lot of people and and just having that culture where they can you know we can have that conversation with them and say okay you know, come on, we make sure we've got to do this by today. What can I do to help you? You know, what's what's something we can do? It is is an important part of our our our, cha- our current way of working now. And I think with the other thing that's coming up here is is the with the recruitment and and la- you know, you're not going to get people now who have may have done that job before. You know, you're not going to be getting your ideal person. You know that you've been looking for now. So. You know, you haven't got that luxury now of having 30 at the door and filtering them down to one or two that ticks 99% of the boxes. There's a fair chance now that the people are not going to properly know what to do, how to do it. They won't know the, you know, the the formal and informal rules. So what's our mechanisms um, for coaching them along that way as well? Because... You know the other challenge is if you if you find someone that's just willing to turn up, you don't want them to stay because if they don't stay, there's not exactly a whole bunch of people coming back in afterwards. And I think there's this is part of the cultural thing that I again I think on the longer term. So this is something I'm hearing right across the network is you've got a lot of people now who are beginning to go, do I really want to move? Is it the right time to move? And they start to question this culture, this leadership. You know, this we were having a great conversation last night. You know about some studies that have come out where you know people are saying these are the reasons i'm leaving right and then they've got businesses saying why do you think your people are leaving you know and the businesses are still talking very transactional yeah oh they've left for money they've left for this and left for that yeah so they've convinced themselves you know because i can't do anything about money so they've had to go 
but it's still the people saying, oh, it was the culture. You know, I couldn't talk to my boss. You know, we, we didn't work well together as a team. Uh, and I think this is part of our challenge is about if we don't, if we're not doing this, we're not really feeling the pulse of the business. We're not feeling, you know, are people tired, frustrated, you know, that, that. So if we're not having these conversations, if we're not doing this, if we're not holding these type of accountability discussions, we're not getting a pulse check of where people are. So, so it's, um, it's, um, build, it's for me, it's back to this cultural thing. It's about this building a good team. It's about enhancing improvement. It's about understanding where your, your team feel. And I can imagine, you know, being, you know, just someone would have made that decision to move you away from your team thinking that's great. You know, that's going to allow Clint to do his job better. You know, that decision made move, but they maybe they've totally lost the whole, but hang on a minute. That means now he can't catch up with his people. He can't, you know, he can't see what's going on. So there's a, there's a whole miss thing here. So mm. I, I think this, culture i want to just explore that just a little bit is about we've got to understand the part this plays in building a good culture within the workplace yeah and yeah again a lot going on there kevin <laughs> ideas <laughs> popping in my head the whole time um, one that stood out though was um the the original research i did on accountability um a couple of thousand uh, it was with mining australian mining worked with a pretty big business and had data from a couple of thousand mining employees. And one of the really interesting things was that, um, you know, you, you do stuff like predictive modeling and you know, lots of fancy stuff with numbers, but I was interested in what are the outcomes of, of when accountability is going well, when it's done well. And this was really important because it showed that when leaders are having those conversations, letting people know where they stand, you know, giving them lots of feedback, help them help them on their journey and having very clear boundaries around consequences um, people were actually more satisfied at work their work stress was lower which which was that sort of you know for me great because it's like see it's not about blame and punishment it makes people you know mm. happier and less stressed when they know where they stand and they were more likely to stay with the business for the intent to stay you know so and and you know, it was mining, so you know, safety performance was better as well, as you yep. might expect. But um, I think that's that discussion. You know, where you're going to is just again one of those fundamental challenges. How do we get leaders to to motivate people to be engaging, to you know, do all the management stuff plus the leadership stuff, so that people stick around and do their best work? I just, mm. <laughs> there's no simple answer. Uh, yeah. not, an observation, yeah. gentlemen. Um, I've been uh, sitting back and listening, and I've got a million questions, but we don't have time for a million. So I'll try and uh, I'll make an observation and ask a question, Clint. So for me, yeah. what I'm hearing here, uh, and I, I don't have a better phrase for this, but what what does your leadership toolkit look like? What 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 do you have in in that toolkit that will help you to do the things that Kevin's been talking about? And two that pop out clearly as things that you can in my view only this is my view only that you can only develop over a career and over time is how good or bad is your communication and to what degree are you an active listener when you're when you're speaking with people and um, do you allow yourself and others to share that space to do those things that's the first thing about how um, well developed that is and then the second one 
and I don't think this just applies to the great leaders as, as has been discussed or the really good ones is the degree to which you are self-reflective in your practice as a leader. So if you look back at what you're doing and you look at your toolkit and go, oh shit, maybe there's some things I need to do here a little different or what don't I have in the toolkit that I really need? I think the great leaders ask that question all the time and learn from not just their own mistakes, but interrogate others when things have gone wrong to learn uh, from that process. And the final one, I think as an orientation when Kevin said, well, what do we need to do? I think actively supporting people to be lifelong learners in whatever role they've got, particularly leadership is critically important because in the learning process, you will see where mistakes are and you will try and learn from them rather than seeing them as a catastrophic hiccup in a career. Um, so the question to you, Clint, is um, building those skill sets is an ongoing dilemma for businesses. How can how can senior leaders help that more efficiently happen without actually saying you must do these things because we think this is what good leadership looks like? So how, how do you deal with that tension? What what would you do if I asked you to do that as my senior learning and development person in our in our fictitious business, mate? I work with leadership teams and you know the initial engagement can have a whole variety of things but it's usually hey things are not going well <laughs> can you help us um, that's pretty normal and I have an approach I'm sure there's many but my approach is usually figure out where a business is at where it's trying to go and then I do a 360 review for leaders I do the 360 process and um, we've got a, a tool built you know over 20 odd years and the accountability stuff is a key feature of that. And we frame that that process in terms of adult development and change and the stages of growth and how do people make those transitions. And like I said earlier, you know, the feedback is a critical component of that. People need a roadmap and then some idea of where they're at and what, you know, where they need to get to. So I, I love that 360 process and, you know, off the back of it, you, you change is a bit slow it doesn't it's not you know um the stuff that needs to change and is going to be challenging people are not going to go great okay my 360 said i need to delegate more bang i'm going to do it easy done you know that's not real growth you know that that, that was probably going to happen mm -hmm. anyway um so i think you need some coaching uh off the back of any sort of process like that usually do some workshops, get teams working together a little better, you know, sharing uh, where their challenges are as individuals and as teams. I think that stuff can be really useful. But, you know, it's not easy, Eric. I think there's a bit of a process and it needs some attention and um, often some external help. Um, and not everyone will, you know, move and grow and that's okay. That's just the way it is and it might they might not do it now but they might also down the track you know you might be able to plant some seeds that, that sit there for a year or two before they go aha okay i remember what clint said that day <laughs> jeez mm. ah, i should have listened at the time mm. <laughs> that's that's pretty common oh i think i think it's a signaling thing too clint if if i was running a business and i needed to reach out to you to help me in the business that mm. sends a very powerful if not uh, subliminal message to the the team that if we had to go external to work on this stuff, then what is going on in the business? And that has some 
um, uh, uh, proactive, uh, I guess, good kind of good outcomes, but potentially sets people a bit gets it gets their back up because well, am I a part of the problem? Why haven't I seen that I'm part of the problem? This thing about self self doubt and self sabotage, and and Kevin alluded to this. It's come up in my podcasting quite a lot that yeah. that that little devil on your shoulder that says you're not good enough or this isn't great or you made a mistake and how you know you're you're not good um, in that moment. Those self doubts. I don't think even the best leaders still have those. It's how do you deal with that devil on the shoulder and tell him to get stuffed and and go and and do the best you can in a situation because um, mm. and last point here, gents, from me, I guess is. And and Kevin's brought this up in multiple podcasts, and I've been thinking about this for a little while. Is sometimes a situation demands an immediate response, and you hope to God that you've built enough uh, experience to be able to deal with that and get an outcome that is at least functional. I'm not to just necessarily talking; it has to be the best, great outcome. You just need an outcome yeah. to progress the work that you're doing. Um, yes. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I, I and you know I have mentioned it a couple of times, but that the you're going to get a better outcome if 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 the team know what the expectations are if it's part of the it's okay going in and say yeah okay team this has just happened you know and this is what we're doing and everything else so you know and if it's just a one-way thing or you've never had that conversation before guess what people are just not going to know how to react or they're just not going to be able to buy in so we're back to this cultural thing again and i think this is something that's really reinforced is we've, we've started off with this nice word accountability yeah which is great and i think we've 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 pulled this apart but we're still we're starting to understand is about how it just connects with other things as well it's it's part of the accountability is part of the toolkit you know um and it's part of what but it's also something that um in is is multifaceted in terms of up and down sideways diagonal outside the organization so there's also you know this whole how do you have those those difficult conversations with people you're working with outside? And um, you know, and the the more we do this, the more comfortable we get around. And I think we, I think um, I remember a couple of pod, a few podcasts where we had. So you know, leaders start to need to have conversations. Yeah, just not the go and tell. You know, just go do do do. This is a conversation. Well, conversation means it's two ways. And and I think Eric, you say you've got to listen sometimes. You know, shut up. You got to listen. Because you got to listen about what's coming, you know, and that could be verbal and visual, you know. I could get, it, I could be getting yes, but the body's going nah, you know. And I've, I've got, I've got to be able to see that. So I think having that, that three part, the expectations, the feedback, and the, those consequences is, is, is a real important part of this. And I think for me, um, it's really reinforced how important, you know, having that understanding about what expectations are having regular feedback and we do it on production lines you know i need 10 an hour i've got these great systems that only tells me how i'm doing and that's very hard you know it's very it's, it's in the box what we've got to do is say we know that work that's why we do it that's why you have a visual board in lean that's why you have your hand on lights that's why you have supervisors that track things during the day and you give feedback and you know the consequences if you're not going to get that order out the door you know what the consequences are we, what we're what we're saying is now we've got to use that in that definitely that leadership role about you know how to do this you know you, you know you just got to adapt it and make it the, the right thing at the right time um and have the right meaning and it's part of that development life lifelong learning journey that i now learn 
my people learn and we we actually we actually learn together all right so let's try to to wrap that up now in terms of where we are and i think it's clint i think we would definitely get you back on a couple of other topics because i think that's something that um we will we will pull through but uh, i think for me what we like to do really is just um have some just some key takeaways for our listeners and viewers now eric um so clint i'm gonna we're gonna come to you just about yeah, this is your 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 time here i've got we've got all these great people who are going to want right okay i now want to hear what clint's tips are you know the the, the get started and, and that type of thing um and then uh, we will wrap up this session so here we go clint's top tips no pressure mate tips. no pressure <laughs> um yeah well, i think top tips for me are um as as kevin was getting through before um number one the leader's greatest tool is conversation that's that's you know that's the the best lever you've got to help people and, and to be an effective leader. And when it comes to accountability, you know, in my mind, it's about conversations. And the first conversation is around, you know, setting expectations with people. And what are your habits and routines around how you do that? How do you really clarify for people, you know, what's expected of them? Number two, you know, it's those feedback conversations and, and doing that in a constructive way with some curiosity as well, asking questions, not just bang, here's the feedback, walk away, there you go, you know, fix it. It's, hey, you know, here's some feedback. What's going on? You know, help me understand that. So that two-way conversation there. And then the third one is around consequences. You know, if, if people um, are not performing or behaving to, to expectation, there's got to be some consequence for that. And look, to be honest, 95% of the time, a feedback conversation is consequence enough. Hmm. Um, but there's got to be that that those clear boundaries for people. And for le individual leaders, it's about how do you build those things into your into habits, into your practice? What are your you know your formal and informal touch points? And then for businesses, it's it's what are the structures and mechanisms in place to also support you know the ongoing conversations. So I think that's it. That's probably a wrap. But yeah no that, that's fantastic and, and i think you've really framed that really well the, the habits and routines uh, and the conversation and i think it is about just having that conversation because i think if we're not used to it if we haven't got habit routines we leave it too late yeah you keep saying oh, i'll have that conversation with eric i'll have that conversation and then it never happens and the consequences almost make you then and then it's a very formal discussion you know it's yeah. it, it's it's really got to that point so you know i love the whole building on the conversation you know i love the whole that routines in and it is about getting out there we talk about gimbal walks when we talk about things but, but it's about then having conversations with people not not the royal wave as you you know as you walk but walk through the office and everyone bows and, and everything else so I, I think it's i think you pulled out a really great point there but you know i think it's an important tool that, that we've got um you do have to practice it and you do have to make it work but it's a great tool because it takes you to personal team company and you know personal level an improvement journey as well because i'm sure the more confident you are the more those type of conversations you're gonna you're gonna have elsewhere as well so uh, i think you've summarized it brilliantly there clint so, so thank you very much for that and i think uh, eric it tied in with um a number of real key points that, that keep coming around this, this whole this, this leadership and understanding where you are and in terms of the maturity but it is still about you know making sure that we know where we're going because then i can lead with that 
as well. So I think Eric, we picked up on some 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 new points here today, and some uh, and some recurring messages as well. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, one thing uh, that this conversation, this particular conversation, has helped me to get straight in my mind is around more discussions around what does good communication look like in that workspace. And when you're talking about having the conversation, there is an art form to having a conversation because it has a beginning, middle and end. And uh, the great leaders know how to mesh that. So you don't even know that you're in that, in that loop or in that, um, in that process, but when, when it can go wrong, it can go catastrophically wrong. So comms, uh, personal communication um, and building that as a key part of your, your your leadership toolkit, if I can use that term again, is a takeaway from this uh, from this conversation. So, um, Clint, thank you, mate. It's been good. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much, Clint, and uh, we really appreciate your time. And um, we'll get back to that brilliant coffee spot as well in the Sunshine Coast sign, and uh, we'll uh, we'll have another discussion and see where it goes from there. So, thanks very much to to Clint. It's always a pleasure, Eric, and glad we've we've got these things going again. And we we've already got a couple of more planned in the pipeline, which is fantastic. Yeah, glad to be back. And uh, to end things, I'd like to thank everyone for following the video cast with the best practice network and talking leadership tv thank you to you clint thanks for having me and for everyone watching this episode have a good day rest of the week and we'll catch you all on the next uh, podcast on behalf of kevin and myself i'd like to thank our guest clint for sharing his insights i hope you've enjoyed this podcast a lot more content to come from the talking leadership tv best practice network podcast series have a great day rest of the week and look after yourselves